Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode one, Implicit Demand for Proof. Make sure you listen to the song beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis. And even if you want to, you could play the song in the background, maybe on repeat. So before we begin, I just wanted to say a couple things. First of all, I'm so excited to be talking to you guys. Um, I actually recorded the introductory episode a few months ago, I think in November. And so I ran into some technical issues on the back end and could not figure it out. And then I started writing a novel. So I it just kind of got put on the back burner. And I also just could not figure out the technical issues. So because of that, the timeline of my last episode was a little bit off. Things like I was talking about a year ago when technically now it's been like five or six months since then. So um, in reality, a, a year ago that I might have said in the last episode was actually like a year and a half ago. Anyway, that's just a really technical thing. Um, More for the sake of myself to just let you know that. Just for like cohesiveness. Just for my organizational brain. I just had to say that. But the other thing I wanted to say is that the soundbite I'm using for my intro and outro is actually a sound clip I found when I was looking through different sound clips on apps. And it's called Nightlight. And I actually initially picked the sound just because of, I just thought it sounded nice. Um, I knew that I couldn't use like song clips because that's copyrighted. So I really liked it. But when I found out that it was called Nightlight, I thought that was super appropriate for 21 Pilots because for me and so many of you, 21 Pilots has just symbolized a light in dark times so often and also in that way like just bringing Jesus who is called a light so many times throughout scripture just bringing that light through their music into dark moments of our lives and kind of what we'll get into um, with implicit demand for proof is that it's really a lot about how sorry my computer just turned off blooper what was it saying? Anyways, I really like the name Nightlight, and I think something that 21 Pilots and Tyler Joseph specifically as the primary songwriter has taught me a lot in my faith is to bring God into even hard feelings, to not just go to God when things are going well, to not just go to God when you're like, yeah, God, I love you, but to go to God when you're angry with him, to go to him when you're bitter about something, and he does that in this song. So, great segue. Additionally, I just wanted to give a bit of background before I actually get into the main analysis. So, a lot of you, if you are an active 21 Pilots fan, will probably know, like, all of this background already. But for those of you who don't know, and also just want a refresher, I thought it was important enough to mention again. So, to start off, why are they called 21 Pilots? They named themselves 21 Pilots. I think Tyler was the one who primarily gave it its name, but he read a play, and there's this quote I found of him basically summarizing why he named them 21 Pilots, and I thought it was a good quote, so I will just read that for you briefly. He said, I was studying a play, and in that play someone made a decision, 
and they sent out faulty airplane parts during the war, and 21 pilots died because they sent them out. Then that person who sent them out, that was the main character, he tried to justify why he sent those parts out, and he ultimately ended up committing suicide at the end of the play. Now, we know Tyler himself has struggled in the past with suicidal ideations and depression, and so a lot of people focus on the darkness of that, of the suicide at the end. And like it says below that quote in this article I found, he also said it was a good reminder, Tyler said, it was a good reminder um, to make sure that as a band they're always making the right decisions, even when they're not the easiest ones to make. But I also want to bring in some Christian insight that, for me, actually neither of those things are what stick out to me about this narrative of their band name. What sticks out to me about this play and this story in relation to their band is that you can try to justify what you've done wrong. You can try to fix your mistakes, but the fact is, is that we are innately, as humans, at fault. We are innately broken, and because of that, we can't help that we hurt other people. Like, it's going to happen, whether we want it to or not. Just because of the sin and the darkness in our lives, there's going to be destruction. It's inevitable, and I think that play, and thus the name of 21 Pilots, is significant in that way, that it's a testimony to the fact that we are broken and we need God, because if we rely on ourselves, We're only going to let people down. We're only going to cause destruction just because our flesh is innately destructive. So I thought that was cool and brought some more like Christian insight into the band name as well. That might not be what they had thought of, but I just wanted to add that. But that's pretty cool too. We love layers on this podcast, so that is cool. So some other background. Implicit Demand for Proof is the first track off 21 Pilots' debut album, 21 Pilots. What an original name. (laughs) Which came out in 2009. Not only is it self-titled, but this album was independently produced. This album also came out while the band had three members, Tyler Joseph, Nick Thomas, and Chris Sala. I'm sorry, I probably butchered his name. But Josh Dunn didn't join Tyler until 2011, which is also the year that both Nick and Chris left the band. So Tyler and Josh are the two band members to this day, but there used to be Nick and Chris during the period of this first album. But once the second album came out, they left and Josh joined, if that makes sense. So that's just some background. So let's get into the song, Implicit Demand for Proof. What an appropriate song to start on because this is a song about faith, obviously, and he's directly talking to God in this song. So we're not being around the bush here. This is clearly a very Christian song, but there is a lot to be gleaned out of it, which I'm super excited about. So we start out with a very long instrumental introduction to the song. And I am someone who is just very in in tune with people's emotions and attitudes and things like that. So to me, when I listen to sounds, I also give them kind of characterization. 
and it starts off with this piano and to me it's very delicate and it's very hesitant like this very hesitant tone as the song starts of like okay we know based on the title that there's going to be a direct address in this sorry indirect address in this song and demand is a very harsh word so it's gonna be something pretty blunt However, it comes in very hesitant, so clearly there is a little bit of fear going into whatever this demand is that is going to be set up throughout the song. But eventually the bass drops, and it, the, the tone of the instruments gain a little more confidence, and eventually the drums come in and kind of create this full instrumental sound, which then obviously goes into the lyrics, and it just is I don't know exactly how long the instrumental is not that it's that important but it gains confidence as it goes into the lyrics and I think the implications of that are the speaker is very hesitant to bring what he wants to say up to God but the more he thinks about it the more compelled he feels that he needs to and he wants to and so going into verse one it says I know you're not a liar And I know you could set fire this day. Go ahead and make me look away. Strike me down. I am calling your lightning down from your dark hiding place. Go ahead and show me your face. So it's all these statements. But they're all slightly different. And I really like how it starts off with, I know you're not a liar. And I know you could set fire this day. We know from implicit demand for proof that this is about doubt. And knowing that, I think it's significant that he comes in with sentiments that are truths. I know you're not a liar and I know you could set fire this day. I think it's important when we're battling with doubt that we make sure we first acknowledge truth in our situation. Doubt is a reality of our broken world, but... In processing through doubt, we need to also remember truth. So we know that God is not a liar, that he is who he says he is, that he has all these promises in scripture that will come true. We believe that Jesus was not a crazy person, that Jesus was the son of God. And it's also kind of a setup as he addresses God of like, okay, I know that you're who you say you are. So this isn't about me doubting that general concept, but I have some things to say. And he also says, I know you could set fire this day, that God is all powerful and sovereign and there is sin and there's death and there's evilness in our world, but ultimately God can even harness that if he chose to. And so he starts with these truths and I think That's a really good reminder of how we should go about confronting doubt. Number one, bring it to God, even though it's doubt. And number two, remind yourself of what is true. Because doubts are all about what ifs and things that aren't truth. So remind yourself of what's true. Then he says, go ahead and make me look away. Strike me down. I'm calling your lightning down from your dark hiding place. Go ahead and show me your face is he talks in this very blunt way. It's like he's trying to provoke God. He's maybe hoping that this boldness will produce some sort of action out of God, even though 
clearly, like, God's not that phased by things like this. But he is trying so hard to just get a reaction because he wants proof. Because he wants to know that God is actively there and actively listening and has not abandoned him. He's really just desperate for a sign in all of this. And I know for me, in just my 21 Pilots story with how um, they really kept me to Christ, it was all about how distant I was from God, how I just really wanted God to make things right because why would he be putting me through such horrible things like anxiety? Why would he be ripping great community away from me? And in that, I naturally distanced myself but Tony One Pilots kept me to him. And yeah, it just reminds me of myself that in my frustration, I tried to run, but even still, he kept me to himself. Even in that doubt, he showed me how to bring my doubt to him. And that makes all the difference. Like, yes, this is a song of doubt, but it's more than that. It's in the context of that doubt is being directly brought to God and it's being directly talked to with God. God is being invited into the doubt, even though the doubt itself is not pleasant. So yeah, I really like that. So the chorus, the main line that is repeated throughout the song is rain down and destroy me. And this to me was super interesting because for whatever reason, I always thought of it as rain, like the element, but here on the lyrics I'm looking at, it's rain as in a king. The thing is, I feel like it could genuinely be either, and Tyler's really good at double meanings in that way. Obviously, Christ is all about being a king, and God will rule one day, you know, Jesus will come back one day, and to me, the rain as in a king sentiment of rain down and destroy me it reminds me of like jesus just like come down and you know do the second coming just like end this already like i'm tired of not being sure where you're at could you just make it snappy or like in the other sense of a king like start doing your job and bringing justice now please is another way to think about that but then also i kind of like even though i'm sure it's less relevant than rain as a king. I also like rain as an element being used in rain down and destroy me because it reminds me of like the great plagues in the Old Testament and how again God is all-powerful in that way that he can command whatever he wants to even the earth itself and in that way I think that's a really cool probably what's the word like probably not intended but that's a really cool double meaning with rain and rain because it kind of brings together Jesus and God of the New Testament with God of the Old Testament with the plagues and everything like that and it's almost as if yeah there's just a command of like show yourself and in doing that like prove that you're the God from this time and you're also the God from this time so I just pulled all of that out. I'm sure that was not intended, but I mean, we got layers and layers here now, so you're welcome. <laughs> Sometimes I think too deeply. It's fine. That's why I'm doing this. So let me know what you think. Am I on to something? Am I crazy? Who knows? Offer your insight in the Facebook group. So then the second verse is a lot shorter, but it's, I mean, no disrespect. I am simply very perplexed by your ways. 
why would you let us use your name? And this verse to me is where the doubt is still present, but it's now turning into frustration. And I feel like the first half of the song is just this like boldness of like, do something already, please. I'm just very doubtful right now. And then the second half of the song kind of shifts where it's a lot more frustration and it's a lot more anger and just weariness of the soul. Again, he says, I mean no disrespect, implying that he believes God to be everything that God says he is. That he's not trying to claim he's not or he can't do X, Y, Z. However, he does want to say that he's confused by God's ways and that definitely resonates with faith. That definitely resonates with those age-old questions of why would God allow bad things to happen to good people? Those things that even make people draw away from Christianity, you know? Why? And there's so many things about God we're never going to know because we're not God and we're in a broken waiting room. We're not at the final destination. We're not in heaven. We can only ever see in part while we are here. We can never see in whole as we know through scripture. And unfortunately, that means doubt's going to be pretty bad because we're going to be very confused. We're never going to have the whole picture. And that is also a big reason that doubt is so prevalent in our lives as Christians. But I think the most imp- impactful part of this verse is the last question is, why would you let us use your name? I think the denotation is kind of the idea of you've given us your name, God, but people can use that in vain. But I think it's a deeper question that, again, is very prevalent in doubt of, God, you've, you've made us, but you also designed us in a way where we had access to messing things up. And how can that be? And why would you do that? And I don't believe that God wants anything but good for us. But yeah, there's always that question of why would there even be that tree that Eve let her temptation fall into? Why, you know, why are we even in this broken environment to begin with if God is all-powerful? Couldn't he have just not allowed that? And again, these are hard questions but they're also things that we shouldn't avoid. And it's also worth noting, however, that we're never going to have the answers to a lot of those types of questions. They're good to bring up to God. Certainly, we don't want to ignore anything that we're feeling. But at the same time, it's also important to think ultimately how beneficial are those types of questions? What's to be gained by an answer? I was kind of talking about that with my boyfriend Sean the other night when we were talking about predestination because that's another huge thing but I think there's so many different rabbit holes so many unanswerable questions that we get stuck down so often as Christians but this particular question just reminds me of but at the same time I think in a way that can also be temptation to get drawn away from the main picture and the main idea and the main point of our faith and no, we're never going to be all-knowing because we're not God. I mean, do we trust God even though we can't know everything, even though there's going to be questions that maybe drive us mad? Can we be okay with that? So that, that just kind of turned into a tangent that I didn't expect. But anyways, I think 
even still in those very hard and answerable questions, I think the most significant part of all of that is not the question itself, why would you let us use your name, but the important part is he's bringing that to God. Even if he never gets an answer, even if he's unhappy, even if he's doubtful, even if he's trying to be blasphemous or whatever it might be, like he's still keeping God in that conversation. He's not leaving him out. And that's the important part to me. And it, it fades out of him, with him continually saying, rain down and destroy me. And at that point, again, it's just he gets more tired as he goes. Very desperate, please. More desperation as it fades out. And he screams at the end. I think overall, I really love the authenticity of this song. Don't hide anything from God. Even the really ugly stuff. Even the stuff that you're like... This might be embarrassing to say to you, God. This might be, you know, this might be crazy. I'm having all these doubts. Whatever it might be. But God wants our honesty. God doesn't want us to just be like, everything is cool and you're going to make everything good. And like, that is true. But at the same time, we are in a very broken holding place. And God wants us to bring our pain to him and the doubts, and the temptations, and when we fall short, he wants us to bring honesty. I've learned that in my own testimony. All he's ever wanted for me is honesty. There was a time in my life, specifically in high school, when I just thought faith had to be this picture-perfect thing, where I'm just like, yeah, yeah, we're good all the time. And I learned that's not true. I can be angry at God, and that's okay, because Again, there are so many things I don't understand about this world, and God just wants that honesty. In honesty, he will give us peace. If we draw near to him, which to me means bringing him every part of our minds, even the ugly stuff, good things will come. Even if it's not until the afterlife, good things will come. The other big thing that I really like about this song is it actually reminds me of like a kid having a temper tantrum. And what I don't mean by that is I don't mean that this is an immature song. I don't mean in that sense of a temper tantrum. But what I mean is like when you're a kid having a temper tantrum, like your purpose is to cause a ruckus. Your purpose is to be loud and to be obnoxious because you want the attention of your father. And you might scream a lot, you might cry a lot, you probably say a lot of things that aren't necessarily true. And that's an important perspective on faith and doubt as well. Like, if you compare that as a metaphor, you're not saying things that are true. You're saying a lot of things you're probably going to regret. But you're also saying things that are necessary to get out. They're still part of the process to getting to that place where you do feel better, where you can grow and learn and not necessarily resort to that exact same method again. And what I also think about when I think of a temper tantrum and a father is, you know, you might scream yourself hoarse, lose your voice after a while, you might cry a ton and just have your face streaked with tears. And for me, if I cry a lot, I get headaches. And then eventually at some point you just fall asleep because you're exhausted from what you just did and this song gave me that kind of vibe but then once it's all done you know that no matter what you did no matter what you said 
that doesn't make your father hate you, that doesn't make them think any less of you. It was a necessary part of the process, and certainly they didn't want that to be bottled up. You can stand confident in bringing all of that ugliness to him because you know in his eyes that that's not what defines who you are. That's not what his love is based on. In that same way, God's love is not based on the amount of doubts you have, even in him. His love is not based on anything you can do. It's based on Jesus. Because of that, we can scream, we can yell, we can be so confused and so angry and bitter with him. And it's okay because he's still going to love us and be there for us no matter what. It's not a conditional thing. It's not something he's holding against you. All he wants is your honesty. And that, to me, is what this song kind of represents, I guess. And, yeah, I got a lot out of this song, honestly, than I thought I was going to because I knew from the get-go that there's not a ton of lyrics in it. There's a lot of repetition, but there's also a lot of mood in how he sings, even in just the instruments themselves, and there's definitely a mood progression as the song goes along, and there's a lot to be said about us and our doubts and our faith, but there's also a lot to be said about God through this song. I even think of the strength of God in our faith just in the literal sense of this song being written that all of these really bold things are said in this song, but they can be said without fear because that's not what God is basing anything on for salvation. And that's really liberating. It doesn't just have, you don't just have to bring God fluffy, fun worship songs. And I kind of just blogged about this as well on my Living for Him blog, but he wants everything from us. So I just want to reassure you that you can bring all of your ugliness to God and that's okay even if it's ugliness against him, especially if it's ugliness against him. He wants all of that. None of it is too much for him. So I will leave you with that thought. The other thing is I want to hear from you. So the thing is I have an email now for this podcast, which I'm so excited about. So you can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 pilot story like I talked about how you know I found them um, different just aspects of getting to know their music and what it's meant to me you can make your 21 pilot story whatever you want it to be or if you want if you would rather you could also share your favorite memory of something in your life in relation to 21 Pilots. Um, I know my friend Kate, who we already recorded an episode, she had a really fun memory. So it can be whatever you want, whatever comes to mind. And so whether it's your story or your favorite memory related to the band, please email that written account and I will be sure to start reading them at the end of each episode as soon as they start coming into the inbox. So do not be shy. If you want, you could even send your story and a memory and I could... I'm not thinking of words tonight. (laughs) I could distribute them in different weeks. That's definitely not the word I wanted, but it's okay. We're letting go. (laughs) So yes, if you would like to contribute to the analysis, you can also join the podcast Facebook group by searching Entrench Podcast. Please do this. I just said a lot of things and I said it to you 
who cannot actively respond to me at the second, and I also said it to God, but um, I didn't get any initial feedback, so I would love to hear your thoughts, please. <laughs> I don't want to be in a vacuum by myself, talking to myself, or that would be kind of really sad. Please let me know if you agree with anything I said. If you disagree, I will not be offended. Bring whatever insight you have. If you ever have like specific Bible verses to go with anything, that would be dope as well. So do what you want. The point is, I look forward to hearing from you in one way or another. And yeah, I just hope you're excited to join in the conversation because I'm super excited and it's late. (laughs) Yeah, girl is tired and also definitely a late night podcaster because I'm a night owl. So, that being said, tune in next week for episode two, Fall Away. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, in Trench, you're not alone.